Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. And I'm Michelle. And we're we're returning to some winter sports. We're we're talking about Cool Runnings this week. Cool Runnings is a 1993 movie. Stars John Candy, Leon, Dougie Doug, uh, Raul D. Lewis, yeah. and Malik Yoba. Mm-hmm. It was directed by John Turtletaub, famous director. Yes. Also directed While You Were Sleeping, Phenomenon, National <laughs> Treasures 1 and 2, yep. an episode of Harper's Island for you. Uh-huh. Uh, the most nah. recent, The Meg, which just came out recently. Last Vegas with Robert De Niro. Yep. Lots and lots of stuff. The man, with yeah. lots and lots of people. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Lynn Seifert, who has not written much. Uh, there's two writers. Lynn mm-hmm. Seifert, uh, who's not written much. She wrote Cousin Bet. Not a yeah, clue. That's like, she's not written much at all. And then, uh, oh, there's a bunch of writers. I said two. There's four. Got to look at my notes better. <laughs> uh, Michael Ritchie, who works with John Turtletop a lot. Like He's, right. he's written a lot of the same movies They're I already team. mentioned. Um, Tommy Swerdlow. Who wrote The Grinch with Benedict Cumberbatch most recently? Okay. Uh, and Little Giants. He's I fucking love that movie. Uh, he's more of an actor than a director. And actually, Michael Ritchie is more of a director than a writer. Okay. Like he's directed, he's written like three things, and he's directed that. That was more what his thing mm-hmm. was. And then Michael Goldberg, who also wrote Little Giants, uh, he wrote the movie Snow Dogs. I've not seen that. Uh, and Should Have Been Romeo is his most recent thing. And no clue. No idea what it is. It had a bunch of people in it. So I went, okay, I'll list that. I don't know who half these people are, but I'll list that. Yeah. Um, this has an IMDb score of 7 out of 10 mm-hmm. and a Rotten Tomatoes of 76%. That's, wow. Now, this is a 93 movie, so True. the reviews are all being written at least seven years later. Yes. If not more. I saw right. some from 2020. Yeah. So, well, now that it's available for streaming somewhere, people are rewatching it. So. Yes. And it's one of those John Candy classics. It's the last movie to come out in his lifetime. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it's one of those that just like John Candy. I that. have a lot to say about John Candy on like when we when we like really <laughs> get into it. Um, uh, For those of you who haven't seen Cool Runnings, uh, when a Jamaican sprinter is disqualified from the Olympic Games, he enlists the help of a dishonored coach to start the first Jamaican bobsled team. Now, I do have some of the hit because this is a based yeah. on a true story. Um, so I do have some of the history, which, you know, I always knew like growing up, it was based on a true story. But I hadn't really because, you know, like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, based on a true story. This is like written in stone. Exactly, what, exactly happened. what happened. This yeah. is exactly how it happened. Never thought anything else about it. As we it. discussed, remember the Titans? Not likely. Yes. Um, so... So I um I I like I I pulled up on IMDb like I you know I I was getting ready to like start taking my notes and I was looking at stuff on IMDb and that's when because I had completely forgotten that there's a character named Yul Brenner yes and and then it finally because of course when I was a kid I had no clue who Yul Brenner was well that but no Dougie Doug's character mm. sank a coffee yeah. I like I never knew growing up like oh there is a brand of coffee called Sanka and so now like I just looked at the cast and I was like oh yeah they like play they 100% played up the comedy in this movie there was a lot of stuff that I had forgotten I remembered like you know highlights 
but yeah so then i was like oh, okay well now i need to know like what actually happened so so professor kia what actually yes. happens <laughs> we're gonna start a new, new segment in this professor kia explains yeah <laughs> find some theme music for you somewhere <laughs> there's a um the uh, the young woman who used to be uh, our receptionist on the floor where I, I work at my mm-hmm. office, um, I used to, because right about the afternoon, I just got to where I didn't have a ton of stuff to do. And so I would wander up front to get my mail and I would kind of chat with her. And um, and so we would just get to talking about random stuff. And she and one day she told me, she's like, I always loved it. Like, I always love it when you come up here because she's like, it's just like I, I, I get culture corner with Kia. She's <laughs> like, I learned about so many things I never knew about. <laughs> and so, but yeah, like if we're going to have a Professor Kia segment like that, just made me think of that. Um, the uh, so the first like uh the movie gets this part correct that the um, the Jamaican four man team debut uh, was in 1988 at the Winter Olympic Games in Calgary, Alberta. All that tracks. That's in Canada. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's in Canada. Winnipeg. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, they also they uh, they were turned in subsequent years with two man team. In 92, 94, 98, 2002, and 2014, other years, they just failed to qualify or they didn't have a team that year. Um, and a women's uh, bobsled team debuted in 2018. Woo-hoo. So the original team consisted of Devin Harris, Dudley Stokes, Michael White, Freddie Powell, and a last-minute replacement, Chris Stokes. Their coach was Howard Seiler, a U.S. Olympic bobsledder in 72 and 80. And unlike the movie where they're the outcasts mm-hmm. and like very unpopular, like their underdog status, like actually gave them a lot of popularity. Like, yeah. every, like, um, and kind of given their, you know, it, it kind of shows us in the movie, given like how little experience they had being a tropical country coming to perform in the winter games they did have to kind of appeal to other teams for some basic equipment so that they could compete. But in doing so, what I was reading, it brought about this like sense of like camaraderie, like between all the other teams. And, um, and so, you know, everybody, like everybody just loved them and everybody thought it was great that they were coming to compete. Um, but unlike our previous episode of remember the Titans where, the crash was actually a mechanical failure, but it's blamed on human error. Um, in this, it's the reverse. It was actually <laughs> human error. And in the movie, they make it out to be a mechanical, mechanical failure. Um, and <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was human error that, and it caused a loss of control. Um, no tropical nation has ever won a winter Olympics medal. Um, but I was surprised because this is the only time I've ever heard about it. Like, a tropical nation going to the winter games. This is the only story I've ever heard. And so when I was doing my research, um, I was like, Oh, there are others. Like, it's not just the Jamaican bobsledders. Like what, what else? Like, and so I was like, there's just this huge long list. This is going to sound really weird. Mighty ducks too. 
Yeah. They play Trinidad and Tobago in, That's true. in hockey. <laughs> they do play that. Trinidad and Tobago because they, that, they make a big thing about that. I had that. forgotten that. Sorry. Just, um, just, but that wasn't Olympics, though. That was Goodwill Games. So it's that a different. Was Goodwill, yeah. It's fictional. But, <laughs> the, um, but you know, there, there have been plenty of other like tropical nations that have competed. In 1998, in 19, sorry, not, 10, not 1998, 1988. At the um, at the Winter Olympic Games in '88, the Jamaican team like they were the fan favorite, but that year competing in the Winter Olympic Games uh, that year there were also teams from Costa Rica, Fiji, Guam, Guatemala, the Philippines, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands nice. were also competing in various winter sports that year. It was just Jamaica having a bobsled team that got it. It's the one that went viral, basically. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the history that I had. So now, you know, <laughs> the more, you know, there was an old, there was a show on Disney channel. It was like a 10, 10 second show, like a, yeah. like a 60 second thing. It was like my super short show <laughs> like that. Yeah. My sister and I used to watch like shows on Disney channel and that would always come on and we still will do random stuff like that. And then one of us looked at it and go, wait, do you remember that? Yes. You remember that? Yes. Like the, the great one- minds. Yeah, great minds think alike. No, no great, great minds think, think for, for themselves. themselves. And it was yeah, Robin Williams is the genie. So we have the movie starts. Um, now I have only oh yes, I think I had only seen this movie maybe once or twice. Really? Ever. Yeah, I I know I've seen it at least once, maybe twice, but I was young. Like I had not seen it in years, so I didn't remember like. Well, yeah, I 80, was eighty to ninety percent of this movie. <laughs> I was nine when this movie came out, and so this was one of those. Um, uh, it was this and like the 94 like Jungle Book mm-hmm. and some others because when um, my fifth grade teacher, mm-hmm. um, her daughter was in the same graduating class as my cousin. And so she was two years older than me. So a couple of years before or no, like the year before her daughter had contracted Rocky Mountain spotted tick fever. Mm-hmm. And so it was. Um, and like, but nobody knew what, nobody really knew what that was at the time. And so her condition progressed and it got very, very bad. And like, we're talking like she had to relearn how to walk all over again, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so when I got into fifth grade with this teacher, she was out a lot, like having to take her daughter to various specialists and doctor's appointments and things like that. And she left us work to do, but when you know when you don't have a teacher like going through lessons all day and it's just read like read these chapters and then do these worksheets and then everybody gets done the substitutes would just let us watch movies a lot of parents are going through at home dealing with with yeah stuff now and so so now or so like back then like i said we watched we watched cool runnings a lot we watched the 94 like jungle book Mm -hmm pretty much anything that kind of had like a Disney logo on it. Like, and we watched like the mighty ducks and, and things like that. Just, um, Oh, also, um, Harriet the spy. Um. <laughs> Random, but you will appreciate this. My yes. sister in fourth grade, um, her teacher, her teacher actually died. I was, mm-hmm. she was my fourth grade teacher too. So I was, I loved, I loved that teacher, but she had a heart attack and stuff was out. So they watched a lot of movies that year. Yeah. One of them was Dante's peak. <laughs> Fourth grade. <laughs> Fourth graders. Dante's Peak. Yeah, that's pretty great. I thought you'd appreciate it. I anyway. do appreciate that. But yeah, so we so we watched this movie 
several times. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it more then than I did at like any other time. Mm -hmm. And it would occasionally show up on the Disney Channel, but that was the um, land before time at our school. That was the one that yes. got shown like eight million times no matter what grade you were in, I think. Yeah. But yeah, um, I saw. I think I probably saw Cool Runnings once at school, but then I know my family rented it once from good old Vision Video, seven movies, seven days, seven dollars. Yep. Missed those days. <laughs> I just use video stores. Yeah. I don't. I haven't been in a store in a very long time. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but it it begins. We have our kind of main character, uh, Darius Bannock. We see him. Um, he's kind of starting off doing like a practice. A run through the island. Yeah. It introduces us to, to Jamaica and, yeah, and, and his life he, in Jamaica. Yeah. He's he's in a run. I was surprised. It's a Hans Zimmer score. It is. I saw that too. I yeah. was like, whoa. <laughs> Which, yeah, it like really plays in heavily at the end. It's like the most rest of the time. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just, it's incidental music. And then at the end, it's just, whoa. <laughs> yep. You get that Hans Zimmer <laughs> yep. magic. Um. But the uh, the title card reads uh, that it's currently November 1987. Uh, we see Darice. He's arriving for Sanka's pushcart <laughs> Push derby. derby. Seven years running, man. Come on. Oh, my God. Um, and, like, Sanka, Dougie Doug. He's so, like, Dougie Doug was all over the place uh -huh. in, in the 90s. I mean, he yeah. was, like, the Cosby golden child. He, yep. was, he was not, like, the Cosby show, but on... Cosby. There was a show called Cosby that came out many years after the Cosby show. Well, not many, yeah. but years after the Cosby show. Yeah. That featured Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad once again as a married couple. But it wasn't like the whole, but it like, wasn't oh, the Huxtables. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> they were the a Huxtables. Couple. Yeah, they... And Dougie Doug, that's where I knew Dougie Doug from mm -hmm. as, a, as a kid. Yeah. Because, I mean, we watched that. We watched all of those shows, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. Well, and he, the thing... I, like he, seeing him immediately, my mind was like thrown back to that. I was like, "Oh man, Dougie Doug." Um, the I the thing one of the things that always stuck out for me with um with Dougie Doug was um did you ever see Shark Tale, the I animated movie? Did Oof, it came out with so. who's in that? Oh, it's like Will Smith. Is and it Will Angelina, Smith one? Yeah, I saw Angelina. ten minutes of it because Josh's. Uh, ACM club at college was showing it. Mm -hmm. I had to work and got there. For, he was the president of the club that, that year. So I got there we, for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> we, it was one of those, it was, um, it was just one of those random times that, that several of us, and it might've been before you arrived at SIVO, but I know it was me and Meg and Ann and Jared and I don't remember who else. Like, it could have been with my other group too, because I had maybe. two groups that I yeah you did that I hung with. Um, but no, this was this was relatively early. Um, if Danny wasn't there, I wasn't there. I'll put it that way. Well, I'll well, I'll tell you that what it was. We um, uh, because Meg was taking her like video camera around everywhere, <laughs> and um, and so we had gone to see this movie, and I found I found these clips. Of, of all of us from college from Meg's videos. And, um, and one of the things, what, because there's Dougie Doug and there's somebody else. And like, they're the, just these two kind of like hype men throughout the movie for somebody. And they, they have like the Jamaican accents and they just like throughout the movie, like the thing they repeatedly say is respect, mom, respect just over and over. And, um, and that was just what, like the thing that we latched onto 
And so in this video that I found recently, I was watching through some of them and Meg is taking video of like me and Jared. And it was one of our coffee house events. And we're, we're like quoting through like an entire like segment of Bruce almighty. And then at some point we just like, you just hear us going respect, mom, respect. And our group existed in movie quotes. Though. Oh, literally Jared and I have had like entire conversations in movie quotes. Um, we had like, no joke. Our, our group, had i don't know if you ever really participated because as you said you had you had two groups the other one was much smaller but we right but one was my, was my roommate <laughs> like yeah well the <laughs> we had what we call it was just it we just called it the movie game and we would all be sitting around lunch and like we we would be eating and um you know we would be eating and we would kind of get finished and we'd have time to kill before most of us had to get on to our next class and so somebody would just shout out a letter and um, I was, witnessed I did not. Participate. Okay. <laughs> but like somebody, you know, somebody would yell out, you know, the letter, somebody would just say the letter, you know, um, just like the, the letter C. And so it was, you know, like, Oh, uh, cars two, you know, and then the next person would name a movie starting with the letter D and, and the running joke in our game was Jared got to the letter um, <laughs> Jared got to the letter N and he couldn't find or he couldn't think of a movie that started with the letter N and he just, he floundered um, because one of us had said Finding Nemo for F and we get to the letter N and Jared blanks and he just goes Nemo comma Finding <laughs> and, and so that became that became a running joke but like everything was just about movies and. We played, um, well, it was, we didn't so much play so much as it was, it was my party trick and Jared would challenge me yes. to play six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I witnessed that many, many times as well. Yeah. I had a real good one one day. Like, and cause it was, I cannot remember what, who it was that he challenged me to, but I remember connecting it through Sebastian, the guy who did the voice of Sebastian from the little mermaid and Jared literally like his eyes like bugged out of his head. And then he got down on his knees and like bowed down to me. <laughs> but, so there were ones like that, but then other days he would just go, he's he's like, uh, like, he's like Tom Hanks. I'm like Apollo 13, you dumbass. He's like, Oh, I did not think that went through. <laughs> nope. So much fun. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the people in this show, like other than John Candy and Dougie Doug, I didn't, don't really know. Now, oh, I don't either. Now, as I, I was just when we were talking just now, I was looking through the, the IMDb's that I did yeah, last that's, time. I was vamping to give you time. <laughs> I have seen a bunch of stuff that they've all been in, but they've been like one-offs. Right. So like, I don't know, mm -hmm. but they're, they're all still acting. Like yeah. currently all, all of the, uh, the three other guys, not mm -hmm. Dougie Duck, yeah. but the three other guys, they're also acting. Um, one was in like God Friended Me, which just went off the air like last year or so. <laughs> yep. uh, and he's been in like a bunch of stuff since then. Mm -hmm. One was in like uh, a, a Hallmark movie, Time to Come Home for Christmas. There was a black man in a Hallmark movie? I'm shocked. Hey, they are actually becoming much more diverse. They even had a gay couple in one this year. In a, I've read an article about that. In a very blink and you'll miss it. It's no, like a, no, 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 no. There was a, oh. a Christmas one. That was one of the plots. Was they were trying oh, to adopt okay. a kid. Okay. It was about the love story between that his brother and a girl, and then him and and uh, 
because I think it was Jonathan. Oh God, Mean Girl or uh, from Mean Girls. Oh, he's the guy in Mean Girls. What is his name? I've not seen Mean Girls. I know, but oh, I can't remember. But I think he was the 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 boyfriend or the husband, and they were trying to adopt. That was a whole thing. Anyway, I didn't watch it because I didn't watch any Hallmark movies this year. I did not watch a single one. That just is shocking to me. Ben Savage was in one, and I didn't I watch it. Kia, I know. It's weird. I don't have Hallmark, so I don't have any way to I, watch them. I know. But anyway, the, I thought that was interesting. That one, one, one was a Hallmark movie. Like they've done like variety. One I, was in like Blue Bloods. So like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. They've they've continued to work. I just don't know what they're in. It's like well, and the the guy who plays um the Schindler or whatever his name is, the guy who ends up being the um he's on the Alliance, the man in the tower. Like he's uh-huh. he stepped he's, in for the he's third a jerk judge. In like a hundred different things I've seen. Yeah, I was looking him up and I was like, "There's." I'm remembering him in a specific thing, and I trolled through his entire IMDb, and I'm like, "I have no idea what it is." It's like, oh, yeah. he's in like one episode of this, and then he did a run on that and all this. But um, but, but no, yeah. Oh, so so the re- right. Well, the other thing I was gonna say um, <laughs> in regards to this movie with um. Because other than and like there's there's not it's not one of those movies that that we like quoted very often. Mm-hmm. However, um, our friend Meg, if she and I go a while without talking to each other, she will randomly just one day randomly text me, and all the text will say is "Sanka, you dead, mom," <laughs> and and I just reply, "Yeah, mom." <laughs> so I mean. For a, oh god, I don't like. When did this movie come out? Ninety three. Because we did the ducks was ninety two and yeah. this was ninety three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that just makes me feel very most old. Of, now. Most of the movies we're covering are in the nineties and early two thousands. Like all of the movies that we're doing for this month, yeah, are nineties and early two thousands. Basically, like stuff that came out during my like elementary and high school years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was completely unintentional, but this we're happens. old, so we're old, um, so we get to pick from our childhoods now. That's just the way it works. <laughs> but yeah, we get the um, this is where he arrives for the pushcar derby, and Sanka almost it, wins. Sanka almost wins, and then he's run off. Yep. The, he's run off. The, Which is um, where we get the first year. Yeah, man. where we get the like he crashes into like a. A building yeah and uh it's like we get the sanka you dead yaman um i do also love before that happens when he's running and like when it's one of the first lines in the movie these two women checking him out <laughs> checking by. out Darice, yeah so funny oh yeah because he's clearly like we learn very quickly he is the island hero like his father won his father was in an olympic gold medal and, medalist and he yeah. is in line to do the same with the hundred meter dash Mm-hmm. At in uh oh man where this in uh, Seoul, yeah it's yeah the, the the yeah the Summer Olympics are going to be held in Seoul, in Seoul, Seoul and, Korea and yeah so he's he is going he is he is on lock to do mm-hmm. this and we get to the race and it's where we're told the the top four finishers will earn the right to represent Jamaica in the forthcoming Summer Games and this this is where we are introduced to Junior Bevel and Yul Brenner. Oh, Junior. I know. And they are also running in the trials. Junior looks really familiar to me, and so that's why I was trying to look up if he did anything. Yeah, I know. But I can't I don't see anything that I just recognize him for, but he, he looks rem- so familiar. He reminds me of somebody very specific and I cannot for the life of me think of who it is he reminds me of. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, so uh, during the race, 
Junior trips and knocks down Darius and Yul Brynner. Brynner. And is lucky his head is attached to his body because Yul Brynner is a scary, scary man. The the there was a there was a moment that got me. It's they they trip and fall, and immediately like Darius like lifts his head off the ground. He literally has like dirt all mm-hmm. over one side of his face, and he looks up and watches the runners who ran on ahead watches them cross the finish line and you literally see like a tear roll down his face yeah. and it just like it hit me hard because it's not that he can't participate in four years it's just he's in the prime of his life right now like, yeah. this is this is his moment and that's what happens yeah. and so he begs for a redo yeah he he makes an appeal to the jamaican olympic committee but there's there's really nothing to be done unless you know he wants to join what was his like boxing and I don't remember, but it was two, uh, yeah, two sports he didn't do because that's that's all Jamaicans do. Which which I read was untrue. There were several other like sports that they participated in. It just yeah. they um, only listed those. But Doris in in this man's office, I think his name is like Mister Coolidge or something. I don't remember. I just like thought that. I just said the Olympic yeah. committee person. Um, but he um, but this man has a photo of Doris's father in his office and mm-hmm. so Doris is kind of looking at the photo and and then he sees another photo of his father with a white guy and he's like wait i who who is this guy and so the um he's told that this man is irving blitzer because he's an american who lives here unless of course he's been arrested or shot <laughs> um which tells you a lot about him yes. in that one sentence um he's a bookie now takes his bets in a small pool hall just past sand bay um this is that lunatic was an olympic bobsledder who tried to get your father to switch sports he had some theory about using track sprinters to push the bobsled some ridiculous thing like that can you imagine a jamaican bobsledder and so Therese is like the Olympics. I'm I'm there, and he starts. He's like, I he have. Does, he's he's done like waiting. Yeah, he's like, I have to find this man, and then he suddenly turns around. And he's like, What's a bobsled? <laughs> and so I love that we see him. I love that we see him with like a library book explaining like yeah. like a library book on like bobsledding, and he's trying to convince Sanka that that this is. Uh, he's trying to convince Sanka that like I you know we have to have a team, and I I need you on my team. And Senka just like ice? No, just uh uh-uh. uh. I'm no, cold. Just like, I'm about cold. It. Just thinking about that ice, and he's just having none of it. <laughs> but he does. If you want me to help you, just say Senka. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and so he gives the speech. Senka gives him a speech. Goes no. no. <laughs> um. But he does eventually convince Senka, and so they go to see Irv. Um. Yep. And I love um, Mr. Bob said God. Yeah. yeah. Sled God. Sled God. That's what yeah, it is. Sled God. Um, so funny. They go into the pool hall and find out, you know, we, we've been told that Irv is a bookie and he's listening to a horse race on the radio and the horse that he had given, <laughs> that he had given odds to um, loses in like the final stretch of the race and so he is just he's very put out and so he grabs a pool cue and beats the radio to death <laughs> well it literally <laughs> says something like if you put money on this guy you're stupid yeah <laughs> oh my god and so yeah but he, yeah he, so but yeah he, he takes the pool cue off the wall very calmly it, like looks at it makes sure it's nice and straight it, yeah then picks it up and begins to beat the radio with beats it. the radio to death and then the boys come in <laughs> 
and yeah, like they, no, they see this. They see that happen. Yeah, yeah, they see that, and then they're like, um, and, but they they approach and they start to they start to talk to him, and then he just very calmly goes over and picks up another pool cue, like looks at it, <laughs> like he did inspects it, like he did the first time. And Darius and Senka, they fucking run. Senka's gone. Like, Senka they are, is the they wind. Are, they bolted, and so then it becomes several shots of them just like hiding and harassing the man. Um, you know, he like he'll turn a corner, and there they are. He goes to the bathroom, and they're hiding in the stall, and just shenanigans um but Doris eventually says that he's you know he Doris eventually threatens that he's just going to come back every day until herb says yes to what they want to do which is they want to form a jamaican bobsled team and he shows the picture of his dad oh yeah i um (laughs) but i i love what herb tells him um her her says like let me lay like let me lay out a few difficulties for you snow you don't have any. It's 900 degrees out there. Time. You don't have any. The Olympics are in three months. And me. You don't have me. As far as I'm concerned, the sport of bobsledding no longer exists. I don't want to do it. I don't want to coach it. And most of all, and I mean most of all, I don't want to be within 2,000 miles of anyone who does. Now, do you follow that? And Doris points up to the wall where there is a poster for like bobsledding, like the Olympics. And, and Jerese points it out and he says, then how come you still have that poster on the wall? And Herb just goes, oh, is that what's bothering you? And he tears down the poster and then immediately just starts ripping it up. He's like, there, better. Are you happy? Just going to show how much he loathes, like what he used to do. How like, done he is. How absolutely done he is. And then this is where Jerese gives him the photo of his father. And he says, um, he says, if I don't have what it takes, we'll forget the whole thing. And Herb tells him, believe me, kid, you do not have what it takes. And he says, but you thought my father did. Like, your father was one of the toughest competitors I ever saw. He ran the 100 meters in 10 flat. Well, I run it in 9-9. Nine, nine. Like, come on, coach me. And Herb just tells him, like, sorry, you're a couple decades late. He's like, okay, well, I see. I see that it might be easy for you to walk away from me, Mr. Blitzer, but you can't walk away from this. Like 20 years ago, you came down here to see if you could make a Jamaican sprinter into a bobsledder and you never got that chance. Look at me, Mr. Blitzer. I'm your chance. Take it. And I want to take, like, in this moment, now that we've introduced his character, to espouse my deep and abiding love for John Candy. Um, I've mentioned, you know, before... I'm like, as <laughs> like my parents were very lenient with television privileges, I got to basically watch whatever the hell I wanted. And one of the things that we would watch, you know, like I watched old, like I watched early stuff of like Saturday Night Live, you know, the Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, you know, like the Belushi years, all that kind of stuff. Like I watched a lot of that. But also, and I don't know, unless it was shown on like PBS or something like that, I don't know how we had access to it. But I also watched SCTV, which SCTV, it's for Second City Television. And Second City was a well-known kind of like comedy troupe that had people like Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, Rick Moranis, um, Andrea Martin, Martin Short, um, oh, Dave Thomas. Mm -hmm. Um, just so many 
really great comedians and like John Candy was a part of this and some of their sketches are so fucking good mm-hmm. and having recently you know like last year like I got really into Shit's Creek still into it mm-hmm. um but I I started kind of like rewatching some of that stuff and like John was like he was so funny and he really really was but watching this movie and it goes back to something that you and I have talked about frequently about comedic actors having the ability to play drama and so the fact that in this movie that john candy like the great comedic actor that he was like the fact that he's the straight man in this movie Mm -hmm. and because i don't know like listeners if if you haven't seen it you guys really need to watch the movie planes trains and automobiles Mm -hmm. because in it steve martin is the straight man and like john candy is the chaos (laughs) that invades his world Mm -hmm. and it is hysterical it is a hilarious martin plays a straight man better than anybody like like him and martin short oh my god to watch absolutely the movie father the bride which we will probably at some point wind up discussing man and so having him be who is this like just categorically fantastic comedian in his own right yeah but also is this amazing straight man playing the straight man to john candy is just and but the thing is that there's a moment there's a moment towards the end of the movie where everything turns and john like literally like john candy like like when i like i watched the movie when i was a kid because like it was just funny mm-hmm. and and I enjoyed it being funny. And then I got older and I rewatched it. And suddenly I was like, oh shit. Like there, there is kind of like a tragic story that like a turn that mm-hmm. you get at the end of it. And it breaks my heart. And I had forgotten all about that. And then starting to watch this movie, I went into it thinking like, oh, this is just going to be laugh, 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 laugh. But the pathos that John Candy brings to this character. Mm-hmm. And the, like, I don't even, like, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for, but there's just such, like, an earnestness and, like, a sincerity to his performance that I got teary several times watching him in this movie. And the th- because the thing is, is that a thing that I appreciated, that I always appreciated about, like, the SCTV stuff, and, and it's just, like, a different kind of school of comedy and they focused more on character it was never about the joke it was about the character like it i'm trying i, I don't know like how to like think of the words describe it but like um for example like american pie mm-hmm. if our listeners have seen that eugene levy plays jason Biggs's dad in that movie and it apparently it was he ha- apparently he had more of like a like um it was just like one liners and kind of uh you know, like some raunchy stuff and things like that there really wasn't anything to it but Eugene like works with the director and like made Jim's dad like this actually like earnest like genuine kind of character and having you know, in recent days, like, gone, like kind of gone through some of that stuff. Like I said, the, the fact that it's all about like that school of comedy, like they put a lot into the character, like creating a character and then letting the comedy come from that. Mm-hmm. And so 
I like I could see that in this, even though he wasn't trying to like be a comedic character, like that there was still just like good character work happening. Yeah. And it blew me away. I mean, at some point, just look up the alumni of Second City because yeah. everybody, like Stephen Colbert, St- uh, mm-hmm. Steve Carell, um, I mean, so many people that came from oh, yeah. Second City have that same kind of approach almost mm-hmm. to comedy that that where you build the character and that's where the, well, I mean that's where the comedy comes in is the character's response more yes, than exactly. well, the I mean, situation b- before he started hosting the late show like mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert had like an entire series on Comedy Central where it's like the Colbert report and he was playing like, like a character he was playing a character the entire most time most of the time <laughs> for the most part yeah <laughs> the lord of the rings stuff so, is real. okay that yeah, but the, but the fact that for the most part he was playing this kind of oblivious, like conservative character. Yeah, and yeah, it's like that's where the comedy came in. It's like yeah, the comedy it, comes in in the character, not in the situation more. Yes, like situations are ridiculous. For, yeah, but... for example, like guys, just watch like I you know if you want like an early example, watch the movie This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah, there's really no script to that movie. Yep. It is just like a handful of really good character, like character work and like in improv acting. And this goes like with everybody in the cast. Mm-hmm. And then Christopher Guest kind of took that and made like a his whole kind of over like mockumentaries. And so Christopher Guest worked like frequently working with people like Catherine O'Hara and Michael mm-hmm. McKeon and and uh eugene levy and all these people they work out kind of a script but they work more on their character and let that kind of and let that be the thing that you know it's it's the character it's what the character does you know it makes it funny and it's not because it's a setup and a punchline it's just it's a step away from that traditional here's the setup here's the punchline joke yes and it's a step away from that by making yeah like like with Shit's Creek, like just the bits I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of it, but Catherine O'Hara's character in itself is just a comedic bit. Like, I mean, oh my god, that, yeah, that's the thing, and that's what led into like some of the even like Dana Carvey and them. Oh yeah, on SNL doing like the Church Lady and Wayne's World and yeah, things like that are they are created derived from yes. that same type of comedy. We could go off on this for we a absolutely while. Absolutely could, <laughs> but like I said, I I knew that like I have to just yeah talk about like how good John Candy was Mm -hmm. and the the thing like it always like I was sad I remember being sad when I heard Mm -hmm. that he died like when I was a kid I remember being sad but I hadn't really rewatched a lot of his movies Mm -hmm. um since I was a kid and so rewatching this movie I was just suddenly like overwhelmingly like I was just overwhelmingly sad. And like, I had, like I legitimately took a few minutes to kind of grieve because it suddenly hit me. Look at everything we've lost. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we lost over the last, you know, 20 something years. Yeah. It, and like this, well, the, tra- that the tragedy of, yeah. of that hit me. Well, yeah. Like yeah. we went on and on and on about that with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. I always think of Anton Yelkin. Yeah. Uh, who, who died in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, people like that, like yeah, it, but this comedic actor like John Candy, yeah, t- like it's yeah, it's it's crazy because we always talk about how impressed we are with comedic actors doing stellar dramatic, dramatic parts, yeah, and and this has those beats to it yeah. for sure, especially toward the end, 
uh, when mm-hmm. he gets his his speech oh, at the end, really. Like I like I said, I was nearly sobbing. It just yeah, oh it was really good. Anyway, um, to get back to it, we we Doris tells him, you know, I'm your chance, take it, and so cut immediately to him giving the bobsled presentation, which is designed to terrify people and make them leave. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, we see bobsleds crashing and. <laughs> And Irv is kind of narrating this video, and then he he says, "Oh yeah, I forgot. It's like one drawback to this delightful winter sport: the high speed crash. Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. No, no, they shatter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like the camera has been on him this whole time, and then the lights come back up, and he's like, "So who wants in?" And he turns, and literally the only other two people in the room are Doris and Sanka, and he's like. Okay, well, we tried. <laughs> and then Yul Brenner shows up. Then Yul Brenner shows up. And Junior's late. <laughs> yes. Because um, Yul will join because he just wants off the island. Yes. He doesn't care how, he just wants out. Yeah. Yeah, he even he says, like, the one reason I came here is to get off the stinking island. If I have to take one of those bobsleds to do it, then all right. Yeah. And this is when Junior comes in and, and, um, and Yul recognizes him and immediately tries to kill him. <laughs> like chases him around the room like they are climbing over furniture like <laughs> trying to trying to kill him um and yule's immediately like we're not going to be on a team like yeah nope, nope yeah not a thing but they like okay like if this is the only way that we can get there like these are the this is our team um and so then we have um irv kind of handing out the various like the positions that they're going to take. And I love, he tries to, he tells Sanka is like, you're going to be the brake man. And Sanka's like, no, 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 no. Like I am the driver. I am like the best driver. The best like, pushcart driver, driver on the island. Yeah. On the island. He's like, I, I can't like, that is why I am here. And Irv tells him the driver has to work harder than anyone. He's the first to show up and the last to leave. When his teammates are all out drinking beer, he's up in his room studying pictures of turns. A driver must remain 100% focused at all times. Not only is he responsible for knowing every inch of the course that he races, he's also responsible for the lives of the three other people in his sled. Now, do you want that responsibility? I say we make Doris the driver. <laughs> um, my next note from here is we see Junior trying to get up the courage to tell his father his yeah. plans. Um and his father telling him, we went on with this, with your, like, running track. Your track like, running like we went on with this track nonsense for long enough. We agreed that it's time for you to get on with your future. I got you a job in L.A. Yeah. Like, I've gotten you a job. Um, so then we have the push-start montage. Yes, the push-start montage. Um, Irv telling them, like, let's see, you know, let's see how fast you are when you push a 600-pound sled. Now, a respectable start time is 5.7 seconds. If you speed demon, if you speed demons can't whip off an even six flat, then you have a better chance of becoming a barbershop quartet. And so I have, following this, montage of failure yep. is in my notes. Um, and then, well, also in this montage, yeah. we also have them standing next to an ice cream truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing cold like the, training. They, they are all eating, like, they're, like, um, Junior and Therese and Yule and Irv, like, they're all standing there eating popsicles. And Irv is saying, if I've said it once, I've said it 46 times. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. And then he, like, he opens up this little, like, window on the ice cream van. And he's like, 
cold enough? And like Sanka sticks his head out and he's like his face is his face and his dreads are covered in ice. And I don't know why, but ever since I was a kid, that moment of him <laughs> snapping off one of his dreads, it always <laughs> makes me laugh. So funny. Um but we find like they get the um they crash get, into a police car. Yes, they but, but yeah, they crash into a police car on one of their runs, and this we get another psycho you dead. Um but they made a five point nine start time. So now they so, are gonna yeah, go. Yes. So he goes so uh, Irv goes to the Olympics. It is it is Mr. Coolidge. I just found that okay. in my notes. So Irv goes to Mr. Coolidge. Mr. Coolidge will not give the money because he says they will just embarrass Jamaica. Yeah. Um and then so, so he comes out to tell them I just saw the moment where Irv looks at Doris. Do the words give up mean anything to you? No, no. not a thing. <laughs> so then we get the money-making montage. Hmm. Which, this movie has a lot of montages. So many montages. All the montages. Which well, is fine for a 90s. For a 90s, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and to be fair, like, at that time, Disney was making a lot of, like, relatively short, you know, like, 90-minute mm-hmm. family movies. Yeah. And so this fits squarely into that yep. but i will say one of the things that i was reading that the um that they never like needed to fundraise anything because like no they were like they were well funded yeah you know they like they were right like straight away like given money to go and like you know they sense. had you know their yeah. coach paid for and you know all this kind of stuff it was just they didn't have equipment in Jamaica. So, so once they, they once it, they yeah. got to Calgary, they had to kind of beg and borrow, but um but no, the um they, yeah, the fundraising begins money. The, the the kissing booth uh Darice's I don't know if it's his wife it's or his girlfriend. Wa- it is his wife. I was I was like we, I never caught if they were just You see wedding rings. Okay, it's never explicitly said, but you do see wedding I, rings. I just yeah. knew Joy was either his wife or his girlfriend. Either way, his woman yeah. shows up and is, gives him a look for the that kissing booth and he's done with the kissing booth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they, um, so they try to raise money. They're not raising enough. And then Junior sells his car. Yeah. And gives them enough money mm-hmm. to go. to go. Which, you know, Doris says, you know, this, we can't ask you to do this. This isn't right. And Junior counters. He's like, Doris, if I hadn't tripped you guys, we'd already be going to the Olympics. He's like, I want you to have it. You mean you want us to have it. And so now they are Canada bound. Um, I will say the tri- it's real cheesy and dumb, but the transition of like, as the plane flies away and the camera kind of stops on this like really nice and sunny palm tree. Uh-huh. And then it transitions into this like real snowy, like pine tree. Yeah. I was like that. I love it. So yeah, they get off the plane <laughs> and John Candy, no problem. You know, Irv walks right, walks right out into the snow to, to catch them. In a very like relatively lightweight coat too. Yeah. He just walks out the, the, the three bo- the four boys meanwhile are shivering from the door like they aren't even through the atrium and they're like nope and, and then you get Senka putting on every piece of clothing he owns yes. <laughs> including his duffel bag yes i love that shot so much yeah and i love it reminds me of Joey from friends when he comes yes. into thanksgiving wearing all of Chandler's clothes you take my clothes i'm wearing everything you own how is that the opposite sorry but yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes. Oh, me too. But that's why my brain like that's immediately <laughs> yeah, what I think but, of. But yeah, but to be fair, I'm like they they have reason oh, to yeah, be freezing yeah. because then yeah, we yeah. because then we see a sign that says "Welcome to Calgary." Temperature negative twenty five degrees. Yeah. So he takes them like, to go get them. This isn't just winter. This is Canadian winter, bitches. <laughs> so he takes them to go get you know coats, and then we see them we see them fully yeah. in the most colorful coats possible because oh, that yeah. is. 
that is more what they type the, the Jamaican type way is to be like everything be colorful, yeah. be colorful versus these like drab other teams. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like that, that juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the Irv goes to register the team. Um, and he finds out that in order to qualify, uh, the course has to be completed safely in one minute, two seconds flat or under. Um, and Irv is like, well, oh, it used to be a minute five. Yeah. Well, times change. Because that is what, like something that I'd never really thought about. It's been eight years since Irv mm-hmm. was a competitor. Yep. And so, yeah, things have, you, you know, getting the idea. Well, I mean, tech, sorry. In real life, it was eight years because, like, the coach had been an yeah. Olympian in 80, and then he's coaching them in 88. So, but in the movie, Doris, it's been, like, 16 years or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. I got things turned it's, around. It could have been less than that. Well, because he, because Darius says he's like twenty years ago you came down here, and then talking about it's I been he like came down before he got his uh, medal stripped. Yeah, I assumed the right whatever controversy happened yeah. happened, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but later we do we also hear like it's been like sixteen years since he competed and you know, all these things. So it, it things, has been, it's been long enough. So yeah. Like yeah, like things, things definitely change. Things in have a short time. Changed. In, yeah, I mean, look at how many how many changes have happened in just. Yeah. A few years at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, so, but he also see, runs into his old teammates. He runs into his old teammates. Um, one of them, which we learned, um, guy's name is Kurt. I think it's Schindler. Um, Sounds right. Yeah. He, he just immediately like won't shake his hand, just immediately snubs him and walks away. Um, the <laughs> one other just kind of scoffs at Irv and says, what have you, what did you do to yourself? Which I just wanted to punch that guy. Um, yeah, well, but that's the point. But then, yeah, then the other guy, um, um, his name is Roger. Um, he agrees to meet with Irv later. And this is when Irv asks him for a sled. He says he's got um, he's got $5,000 or roughly $5,000. He's like, I'll, whatever you have, I'll take it. Um and um and Roger asks him, he's like, is this some kind of joke or do you really expect the Jamaicans to qualify? Not only are they going to qualify, they're going to turn heads doing it. Three of these guys can run the 100 in under 10 flat. I don't care who you are, that's lightning. Yeah, but can lightning run on ice? Cut to them trying out their special bobsledding shoes on an, on an ice rink. Roger does give them an old practice sled to the USA teams. Yeah. That's who Roger works for is mm-hmm. the USA team. And yes, yeah, so we see them trying to walk on on the ice, which is just entertaining. Yeah, and um, then they—I like the moment when they have to get off the ice, practice. Yep. What kind of practice? And the hockey team comes out. <laughs> I just—I just love Irv's deadpan. Oh, it's a good team this year. I like <laughs> Yule as, as they. <laughs> Yule takes one out. Yeah, <laughs> like one of them kind of pushes him, and he just nope, and then he falls because oh yeah, they're not good on we, ice we, yet. Yeah. Oh god. But yeah, the. This is we get the beginnings of um, Doris becoming enamored with the Swiss team. Yeah, um, he falls then, in love watching it. Like yeah. he falls off with the sport immediately. Yes, and um, we see um, we. This is where like we're given, you know, they're given their um, their sled. There is actual literal duct tape on it, holding yep. it together in places. Yep. Um, and when they bring their sled out in front of the other countries, it's just crickets. 
everybody is just everybody's laughing because they're even there well like, not it's laughing but yeah it's literally silent. like a good like five six seconds of just silence yeah just crickets nobody is saying anything and then um and then we get the swiss bobsled driver Oh, fuck i forgot his name i didn't write it down i just referred to him i didn't as, think he was swiss i thought he was a different was he because the swiss oh my, was my really bad nice. no sorry um is he no, german east german yeah yeah so he and he's rude yes he's straight up rude he tells them they it don't starts, belong here it starts with the j and i don't remember what yeah it he's a um, really great driver they tell they say that but he yeah like, he comes up basically tells them they don't belong here yeah um but the um yeah he's just a straight up dick yeah the rest of the movie um until the end when he gets his two second redemption yes um <laughs> but we have um just they you know they they attempt their first run we get sanka is just absolutely terrified and yeah i mean can't say that i blame him but they do end up crashing relatively yeah. early well and into... they, they can't they don't get in right right away it takes them too long to get in no 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 no. that's later that's later oh okay Be no because oh that you're right because you're right, you're for right. this he says for yeah, this yeah. first time he's like i'm going to push you he pushes them off right 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 yeah right right right, right. yes and so yeah they and but, they crash you're dead man yeah like sanka you did um uh but then oh man the the next scene that we see is like they're like in their hotel room mm -hmm. and Yule Brenner and Sanka, like they're fighting over the fact that Sanka is reading a comic book. Because those are for kids. Because those are for kids. And this Sanka is a different time. Yes. <laughs> a much different time. Um talking about, you know, comic, you know, he's like, oh well, those are for kids. And and Sanka's response is like, well, you know, even if it is for kids and like it's still too advanced for you. And um and Yule says, What are you saying? That I'm not smarter than a little child? No, what I'm saying to you is that you are the kind of club toting, raw meat eating, me, Tarzan, you, Janeing, big, bald, bubblehead that can only count to 10 if he's barefoot or wearing sandals. And so, you know, Yule tells me, he's like, say whatever you want. You're just like every other fool on the island. You're going nowhere, Senka, and you're thrilled to death about it. But you see me, I'm different because I know exactly where I'm going. After I, Yule Brenner, win the Olympics and become famous, I'm going to leave the island and live right here. And he pulls out a photo and Sanka tells, <laughs> like, there's just this kind of moment, but Sanka tells him, like, that's Buckingham Palace. If you plan on leaving there, you're going to have to marry the queen. And then Junior explains, that's where the Queen of England lives. lives. Yeah. And Cause, cause just poor Yule was very confused. Like, what do you mean? That's, like, that's where the Queen of England lives. Like, yeah. And I'm like, Philip would have something to say about that. I have a feeling. <laughs> in, in 1994, 93, he'd have something, or not even 93, he'd be 88. Yeah. Yeah, he'd have something to say. And I don't just mean because of because of racist reasons. <laughs> okay, I don't mean that. Because um, I saw that on your face. <laughs> literally, like, he's literally, like, he literally went to an Asian country and told some British students, don't stay here too long or you'll become all slitty-eyed. Yep. So, oh, I mean, Philip. you can't blame me for racism being the immediate oh, place my brain went. I know. I don't um, blame you. I'm just meaning, I wasn't saying it for those reasons. <laughs> but, but, anyway, Yul Brenner, like, he, he, he kind of crumples the he picture crumples up, yeah. the, He crumples the photo and, um, and Sanka tells him, he's like, face it, you'll burn her. You can start calling yourself Madonna, but you're still going to end up in an outhouse shanty like every other dock working nobody. And 
Um, and Junior chimes in. He's like, well, says who? And Sega says, says me, rich boy. What do you know about it? Junior says, I know my father started off in a one-room hut. Now he lives in one of the biggest homes in Kingston. Um, he says, and he pointing out Yul Brenner. He's like, well, he's not your father. Well, he doesn't have to be. All he has to do is know that he wants or know what he wants and work hard for it. And if he wants it bad enough, he'll get it. Believe me, Senka, the more Yul Brenners we got making it in the world, the better off the world would be, especially for Jamaicans. And Junior kind of uncrumples un the picture. Uncrumples the picture and gives it back to Yul and says, go on, Yul Brenner. Go get your palace. And then he gets a telegram. That's much later. I thought that was... No. Uh, well, I don't know why I have. Oh, the mess up start is the next thing. My eyes jumped. <laughs> no, eyes next, jumped. next is they they fail their first push start. Yeah. Um, and this is where his father sees yeah. sees this in the paper. Um, but as um uh, after the failed push start, they're in there the, cleaning the. Well, I, yeah, I have um Larry from Team USA. Yeah, because Reese is in there. Yeah, like working on the sled basically. Yeah. And Larry from Team USA tells Darice that Irv is what's holding back their team. Um, and and he tells Darice he's been useless ever since he was busted. The 72 games. The guy hid weights in the front of the sled to make it go faster. Um, and Darice says, well, that's, you know, okay, no big deal. And and that's when we, that's when Larry tells him having your gold medals taken away for cheating is a big deal. Now, some of the reading that I was doing, which is the thing that I didn't know, with the bobsledding, it's more like, like I was reading, it's like putting weights in your sled, like that's actually a thing that's done all the time. And it's because, so basically, just like, for example, say like you have, you know, like they want it to be like a certain weight going down. So yeah. that way, like it's not too light and doesn't just like doesn't fly, fl off, the track. fly yeah. off the it's, track. It's a safety thing. Yes, yeah. it's absolutely a safety thing because depending on like you have the, you know, like say the sled weighs 600 pounds and then you have, you know, you have four like 200 pound guys in it and you know, that's, but that's not enough weight. Like not enough eight, force to keep it's Cause they, they say yes. one of the, one of the turns does like a G it's like a, a G or something like a, I don't a remember force, which is, is a quite a lot of force yes. so in order to stay yeah. on and the track. Yeah. So that's the thing is like putting, yeah, putting, yeah. so like, but yeah, if you, if you have, like it's it's a weight distribution thing of of if the people who are driving the sled if they don't weigh enough to balance out mm -hmm. like the force of the to balance out the force of the of the the sled going down the run then yeah it it absolutely causes like safety problems and so yeah put it, they will put weights in the sled to even that out and so that's why I was like oh okay <laughs> but so I'd forgotten that that was like a whole, like a whole thing of like him cheating and all that. But anyway, then, then this is where junior receives the yeah, telegram, telegram from his father telling him to come home immediately. Um, everybody, but Darice goes to a country Western bar. And we just think um, a lion, lion trying to line dance, which is hilarious. Oh yeah. Um, it is a country he, and Western drinking. It, it's hilarious. Oh my God. Which to be fair in the nineties, I don't know about now, but in the 90s, country music was actually very big in Canada. That's where Shania Twain started. Mm -hmm. um, there's several other country artists that started like up kind of there. I thought that was, I just, I knew stupid things. And, but that was my first thought. I was like, oh, well, that's actually kind of accurate. Like late 80s, early 90s, that was a pretty big thing. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, so they're they're line dancing. Meanwhile, we are going to make a man out of Junior. Well, it's because the <laughs> I know. yeah, well the 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 East German driver is once again being an asshole and telling yeah. them, you know, oh, you don't belong here. Go home. Blah blah blah. And so Junior just kind of, you know, kind of cows and kind of you know backs down, and you, <laughs> Brenner like hauls him off to the bathroom and like makes him stand in front of the mirror and he says like, tell me what you see, and he's like. I see, I see Junior, and and uh, and Yulbert is like, well, I'll tell you what I see. I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap off nobody. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in the mirror again and tell me what you see. And Junior is like, I see pride. I see pride. Come on. Come on, like pick it up, and so then he he gets himself, but like they go through this several it's, it's, times. I literally thought of it it's like his uh, make a man out of you speech. Yeah, like he's like you're going um, to so, see yourself the way that you should see yourself. Yeah, um, but Junior, like he does, he he's fired up. He marches out, <laughs> and, and you're like, wait, what? Where are you going? Where are you going? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, marches out, and he tries to stand up to the asshole driver. Doesn't work out in his favor, and so Yule Brenner decks the driver and they start to bar brawl the bar or the 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 driver did push yes uh, push first so technically yeah they um, didn't start the bar brawl just but, saying yeah <laughs> um but then we get back you know cut to the hotel room and Doris is scolding the three of them he's like you don't see the swiss team fighting like and you don't see the swiss the swiss team drinking and carrying on and such and sanka says and you don't see the swiss team smiling neither <laughs> um and then this is when Irv comes in, shuts up Sanka immediately. And Irv says, now, maybe you haven't noticed, but we aren't exactly winning any popularity contests here. They hate me. They hate you. They hate us. Now, if we're even going to think about qualifying, we're going to have to sit down and take, a, and take a nice deep look inside. I didn't come all this way to get my butt whipped. As a matter of fact, I thought that now I'm here, I'd do a little whipping of my own. Um, and so then we get them... Wake wake, him wake, waking him up the next morning so that Rise they can and shine. It's butt whipping time. Yep. They wake him up so that they can train. And we get like a training montage. We get a montage, yeah. Um and uh and, and so then, finally we get to it's it's qualifying time. Yep. And uh and he tells them he's like tonight's Irv tells them tonight's the night. Now in a few minutes you're gonna get the chance to do something that no one in your country has ever done. I was going to save this for the Olympics, but I figure if we're going to convince these judges that we are world-class letters, then we'd better look like world-class letters. And he reveals their new, uh, their bobsled suits and helmets. Because he's been having Senka's helmet. Every time Senka goes to put it on, it's been getting stuck on his dreads. He has to come behind him and just bop Senka in the head. Yeah. That joke never got, like, I was like, that only happened twice, and I want it, like, ten more times. <laughs> like, I loved it. Because it was just, it, after the first time, it was just a background thing. Yeah. But it just, I don't know why, every time it made me laugh. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, now Senka can fit in his helmet. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, we had mentioned before, one of the USA dicks, the a guy's name is Kurt. Um, um, the one who just immediately turned and walked away, like when, when Irv approached, uh, before he's re- like replacing who was supposed to be the third judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and he informs Irv that the qualifying time has now changed from a minute two to a minute flat. Yep. And Irv like 
just he does he doesn't say we don't see him telling them and like that but they know because they know when they get their score that it's... well i mean it's under a minute too yeah i mean it was true that's true you yeah. know like we never see him tell them so i just always assume like we're just gonna see if this works um but we have Doris is counting eins zwei dry instead of yeah and yeah um and it's a little tense because their push start time is 6.13. Yeah. And, you know, Irv has been saying, you know, we find out from Irv before that, you know, anything like 5.9 is a respectable or 5.7 is a respectable start time and they're over six. Mm-hmm. It's like, but we find out like they, they do qualify. They, they pull it out. Their, their qualifying time is 59.46. So they are under a minute. So they qualify for the Olympics. Um they uh we get them they paint the sled and they name it cool runnings mm-hmm. meaning peace be the journey mm-hmm. um and then this is when a messenger brings a letter to irv telling them that the team is disqualified and so this is where irv storms into a meeting because the alliance has changed its policy yes and this is where john candy giving this like speech i got like real emotional because he was just so fucking good um, but he storms into the meeting and they tell him, you were told that your team must compete in an international event to qualify for the Olympics. But in an Olympic year, the qualifiers count as an international race. Well, that may have been true in past Olympic years, but this year the Alliance decided to change its policy. The Alliance feels it has the power to do what's in the best interest of the sport. We must, or we must also be concerned about the potential for embarrassment. Oh, forgive me. I didn't realize that four black guys in a bobsled could make you blush. Come on, Kurt. What you're doing is wrong and you know it. Now, if this is about you and me, then let's get it straight right now. 16 years ago, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I cheated. I was stupid. I embarrassed myself, my family, my teammates, my country, and my coach. If it's revenge you want, take it. Go ahead. Disqualify me. Banish me. Do whatever you want, but do it to me. I was the one who let you down, Kurt. It wasn't my guys. They've done everything you've asked of them, and they did it with you all laughing in their face. It doesn't matter if they come in first or 50th. These guys have earned the right to represent their country. They've earned the right to march into that stadium and wave their nation's flag. That's the single greatest honor an athlete could ever have. That's what the Olympics are about. 16 years ago, I forgot that. Don't you go and do the same. And so find out mm-hmm. they're back in um and then we see back in in jamaica that mm-hmm. they're all their family and friends everybody's gathering around the tvs to watch the opening ceremonies my boys yeah. <laughs> and then this is where like i god i love this moment um the um Irv telling telling the boys now a lot of coaches would be giving you one of those win one for the gipper speeches I'm not good at that stuff. Instead, I thought I'd lead you in a psalm of inspiration. So let's let's bow our heads. Yeah. Um, our father, who art in Calgary, bobsled be thy name. Thy kingdom come, gold medals won on earth as it is in turn seven. With liberty and justice for Jamaica and Holly Selassie, amen. <laughs> in which I was like, okay, it's been like 15 years since I've seen this movie. Why does Holly Selassie sound familiar? Um, that's because Holly Selassie um, is um, revered as a god in Rastafari, the Rastafarian yeah. religion. So I was like, 
why why does that why do i know that so then like i had to pause the movie and like wikipedia <laughs> and so but the, the, i realized the thing about it was that because holly selassie his birth name was ross tafari like first name yeah. ross it, like before he was given his imperial name of holly selassie and so because the rossafarian religion have been like begun back in the 30s and so now we get into like the 60s and 70s and stuff and yeah so he was basically revered as a rossafarian messiah <laughs> because of his name but anyway that like that just kind of derailed me and i was like i literally spent like 10 15 minutes like reading on the rossafarian <laughs> religion <laughs> so, just because it's like why do i know that name anyway um but then we we have you know the earth leads them in this prayer um and then junior's father mm -hmm. shows up to take him home and junior follows him out to the elevator and um and his, and he asks his father when you look at me what do you see his father says i see a lost little boy who's lucky to have a father who knows what's best for him and he stands up and he stands up to him and says you don't know what's best for me father i'm not a lost little boy i'm a man and i'm an olympian and i'm staying right here well and it, it, he almost doesn't say he almost doesn't him. yeah like you see him muttering the i see power i see or i see pride, pride i see power, power. I see pride. I see power. And then he stops the elevator doors from closing. Because that's mm -hmm. such like a powerful, like his dad's like, I'm waiting for you in the lobby. Pack your things and let's go. Yeah. So like that moment where he stops the elevator, like he stops the doors from closing. Yeah. And then asks dad what you see. Like that is such yeah. a great moment for Junior. Oh, well, I love and, it. and um, Yul Brenner mm -hmm. saw the whole thing. And Yul, like as the, you know, he like the elevator door closes and the, you know, the, uh, the car goes down. Um, Yul Brenner just says, "Junior Bevel, you're a badass mother." <laughs> um, and the, yep, and it's, it's so we good. we see more of the um the people at home gathered around the TV. Mm -hmm. Doris still being enamored with the Swiss. This is where um they do their push start. They almost don't make it yeah. into the sled, and then they pinball around the course. Yeah, they choke. They absolutely choke. Um, they come in at 58.04, which puts them in dead last place. Yeah. Um, and so this nerve tells them they straight up choked. So they know the turns and they know the sport forwards and backwards, backwards, but they choked. And he tells them they have to find something to help them stay loose, but that's something he can't help them with. And um, <laughs> and Therese is like, you know, the Swiss. Oh, shut up about the Swiss. Sanka's had enough. They've had enough. And um, and Sanka says, you know, the right foot for us is not the Swiss foot. We got our own style. And we hadn't mentioned the fact that before each run, Sanka has a lucky egg that he kisses. That he kisses. Um, and Yul Brenner tells him, he's like, kissing an egg is not a style. Um, or no, sorry, it's Therese. Yeah, I looked. I. Yeah, Doris, my eyes, my eyes wandered because this is the best friend fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Doree says kissing an egg is not a style; it's the Olympics here. It's no stupid push cart derby. <gasps> the like, offense. oh yeah, because that is that is what Senka yeah. loves and is good at. Yeah, and his best friend just took that and broke it. Yep, and um, and uh, so Senka tells him, like, well, let me tell you something, Rasta. I didn't come here to forget who I am and where I come from." Well, neither did I. I'm just trying to be the best I can be. So am I. And the best I can be is Jamaican. 
luxuries. I've known you since Julie Jeffries asked to say you're dingling, and I'm telling you as a friend, we look Jamaican, walk Jamaican, talk Jamaican, and is Jamaican, then we sure as hell better bobsled Jamaican. <laughs> um, so then we get the new... Uh, we, we have the new count-off. Instead of Doris doing the Eins Fly Dry, we have... Feel the rhythm. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have Senka doing Feel the Rhythm, Feel the Rhyme, Get On Up, It's Bobsled Time, Cool Runnings! And, and um, they're off. And we find out that their push start was actually a hair faster than the Swiss. Mm-hmm. And their finish time of 56.53 moves them to 8th place. Um, and then we have this quiet moment with Darice. He's studying turns and, and everybody else is going out for dinner. Everybody else is going out for dinner. And Irv comes to ask if he wants to go. And Darice tells him no. And, and Darice starts to ask him. He's like, he's like, I just have a question. Like, but you don't have to answer. But I mean, I would really like it if you answered. And, and Irv says, you want to know why I cheated, don't you? Yes, I do. That's a fair question. It's quite simple. Really? I had to win. You see, Darice, I made winning my whole life. And when you make winning your whole life, you have to keep winning no matter what. You understand that? No, I, I don't understand, coach. You had gold, You had two gold medals. You had it all. Darice, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Great. How will I know if I'm enough? When you cross that finish line, you'll know. So good. Like the, it, That is such a and, great... And once again, I was like, John Candy is like just a fucking like bat to the face. Like yeah. just the sincerity and like the emotion just in the scene. Yeah. It just, oh. God. And then we have the run. Lucky Egg it's, Kiss. Yep. It's, it, I love it. Because now it's, it's final day. Like this is the day that we win medals. And, um, and Yule Brenner asks to kiss Sanka's Lucky Egg. And I, is like, oh yeah, and like holds the egg up for him and then very like surreptitiously just like wipes, wipes it, it off. on his suit. <laughs> um, but Irv tells Darice, you'll see him at the finish line. And they they start their run, and this is where we get they are so close, like they're relatively close to the finish line. And they're running, they say they're they're running a, a not just gold medal speed, they're running a world record speed. Yes. And then a mechanical failure causes the sled. To crash mm-hmm. and it looks brutal man and the thing that one of the things that i was reading is like actually like when you're seeing um like when you're seeing like on the tvs and yeah. stuff like that that's actual footage i thought so yeah that is actual footage based on and how so, it looked i thought yeah so. and so some of that i'm like how did his head not snap off his body mm-hmm. like it's in some of those shots it just Oh God, it hurt me all over. And they're, they're, so they're just laying there on the side after they finally come to a stop. And, yeah. They can see the finish line. And it's, yeah, they can see the finish line and, and it is just pin drop quiet. Yeah. And, and this Rasenka says, Therese, man, you're dead. No, man, I'm not dead. We have to finish the race. And so we, we see this shot of like a medical team, like hurrying down the ice. But then, you know, the next thing that we see is, the four Jamaicans, they are carrying their sled. The medical team, like, splits. like and The medical like, team yeah. splits, yeah. And, like, the medical team follows behind them, like, carrying their helmets for them. Yeah. And they uh, um, they carry their sled across the finish line. And this is in the moment where my... 
where I have in my notes. Okay, now I hear the Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> like there's and there is something about that moment that yeah. is it, it's just transformative. It's like the yeah. it's like the real life moment where the 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 person went down running and their was it their parent came out of the stands and had her up on the cross finish line. Like like there's famous moments where that yeah. has happened throughout, you know. Yeah, so like a, those moments always um, get me. <laughs> like, oh god, me too. Always. But the um uh the 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 asshole uh, East German driver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who starts the applause yep. for them to clap them. They're actually yep. clapping them on. They're not even applauding. They're yeah. applauding, but they're also like clapping yeah. them on to cheer for them. They're cheering them on. Yeah. And, and even the, you know, the dickhead Finally. judge like Takes joins in. Yeah. Um, and junior sees his father in the crowd and his father is wearing a team Jamaica shirt. Um, because the the announcers talk about it right before the the sled goes down, but everyone has caught Jamaican fever. There's even merchandising, and yeah. that's when when you see the merchandising, you go, "Oh, they were definitely not." That, that was always like what you said at the beginning, like they were mm-hmm. always going to be popular mm-hmm. as underdogs because people were buying their merch. Yes, like they wouldn't have had time in a day to make merch. <laughs> yes, not in 1988. Yeah, people people were buying their merch. Um, but yeah, but then the um the asshole East German driver, um, he shakes Teresa's hand and says, you know, we'll see you in four years. Um, and we have Yul Brenner voluntarily hugging Junior. This doesn't mean I like you. Yeah. Um, Sanka's egg, his lucky egg, comes through unscathed. The egg came through unscathed. I yeah. was shocked, guys. I that I thought was going to be the like Wilson death of the, of the movie. <laughs> like I was genuinely surprised. It, yeah. Um, but then you know, Irv comes over, just hugs Darius, and he hugs the rest of them, and they take a photo, and then we see that photo in. Uh, going up on the wall in Mr. Coolidge's office above the photo of um, Irv and Doris's father. Yeah. And, um, and then we get a title card that says the Jamaican bobsled team returned to their country as heroes. Four years later, they returned to the Olympics as equals roll credits. And that's the end. That's the end. Um, Such a good movie. It was like, it's it's fun. It it was, it was fun. Yeah. And I, um, it was definitely fun. It was a, it was a, it was some fun nostalgia too of just mm-hmm. remembering like being a kid and watching this movie all the time. Um, I loved it. So, how would you rate this movie, my dear? I am going to go. Hmm, I don't think I wrote on this one. I wrote on the other <laughs> one, so I don't remember. Um, I'm going to go four out of five. Okay, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to go four out of five because it's. It's enjoyable. Part of it has to go a little bit lower because it is like it's got that early nineties feel, and I didn't have the nostalgia in the same way that you the, did. So yeah, it's great I, like, movie. I think I think it's. I recommend people watch it. I because like, what it is is like, like I don't know. It's like they because we're we're about to record another episode after this, and that movie like ran almost two hours and watching it. I'm like, it did not need to be this long. Uh huh. Watching. We'll talk about that. Yep. Watching cool runnings. was like, it was 90 minutes. I'm like, it, I could, I could have used a little more there. There could have yeah. been a little more meat, but again, it was part of that uh-huh. kind of like Disney, like just that factory run. I did appreciate of, how nice and tight it was though. Like I, I did appreciate that. But yeah. We could have used it, a it, little bit more like character be, because, expansion, because especially literally, like Yule. 
Yes. Like, I was looking for the moment where we find out, like, what happened to everybody when they went home? <laughs> like, I was yeah. looking for that well, moment. Yeah, well, the... Um... But then again, you realize that this was this came out six years after the event it's talking yeah. about, so it's a totally different. Yeah, like, it's it's be, well, it became it came out literally like a year after the second year, like the yeah. second time that the Jamaicans yeah. went to the Olympics. So, so, so it's coming out like five six years after the actual event. It's yes, kind of hard. To, so, yeah, and um, and you know, telling a more like comedic fictional. Yeah. Um fictional version of it like there's a part of me i wish like there was just a little bit more meat on the bones of it um because and for me like yes i would love to have seen a little bit more of of yule brenner but also other than like his his being enamored with the swiss we don't get much of Doris like once Mm -hmm. they actually get to canada it's fair yeah he just becomes the, oh, I stay in my room and I study turns and that's all that I do. Yeah. And we just, we don't get much of his character after that. Um, I think all of the characters could have been built out a little bit they more. They could have been. And again, like I said, this, this kind of comes, mm-hmm. like I said, during that time where we're having a lot of like, okay, like Disney family movies, like kids are only going to sit still for this long. Yep. And we're, you know, yep. like we have to make it funny. So just 90 minutes, bing, bang, boom, ship it to you're the theater. Yeah. And so I would have liked a little bit more. Um, but I think, I think just a straight objective score, I would probably give it a three, five, but John Candy and, and the actor Leon who plays, mm-hmm. um, who plays Doris. Like, he's great. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's the other reason why I would have liked a little bit more fleshed out of Doris later. Yeah. And so, like, I think there could have been so much, like, really good stuff there. Mm-hmm. But because, like, we could have seen even greater. But what we saw, I thought was so good. And so my love of John Candy. And, mm-hmm. and I'm giving it a four. Yeah. I have to. Um, but anyway... Do you have anything else to add, darling? It's all for me. All right. Then that will get it for this episode of Catch Buddies. As always, we thank you so very much for listening. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.